the System Save Me podcast shares how business owners navigate their way to success through processes, systems, and routines. Your host, Jordan Gill, is behind the scenes of top business owners who travel the world while earning six and seven figures a year. There's a method to the madness. It's called systems. So let's get down to business. Welcome to episode number 93, where we're going to be talking about the invisible selling machine. If that doesn't entice you to listen up, then I don't know what does. Now, if this is your first time here, welcome. If you're a regular, fantastic. Either way, we love it if you left us a review on iTunes, as we love hearing from our listeners. And if you don't want to miss out on the next episodes, be sure to subscribe or go to systemsammy.com for show notes and freebies. Now, let's hear a word from our sponsor this month. Y'all know that extreme focus is the secret sauce to my business. And this month, I'm sharing one of the ways I'm able to shut out all distractions without sacrificing cuteness. My studio headphones. Before, I would just blast Nora Jones, but then I got a new roommate, my sister, who didn't really appreciate that. So Studio came to my rescue and sent me their gorgeous Regent headphones. I recently took them on a trip to Detroit, where I was able to avoid the snoring man in 9A. Thank goodness. They are Bluetooth along with an auxiliary cord, meaning I can connect them to my iPhone, iPad, or whatever other device I have on me. And I was able to get a discount for you, my audience. So go to systemsaveme.com slash studio, S-U-D-I-O, and input the promo code SYSTEMS15 to get 15% off your very own pair. Onward to a more focused year. Let's get ready to hear from our guest. Hey, Adam. How are you doing today? Better than most. Not as good as some, but I am excited to be here. <laughs> right? I love that. I love that. I'm super excited to have Adam here with us today. He's going to be talking about sales, uh, which is something that everyone can fine tune, everyone can get better at. And, and so I'm really excited. He's going to be sharing his invisible selling machine, which that isn't intriguing to you. I don't know what is. So, but first, I'm going to have Adam talk a little bit about um, himself and his business. Man, what do you want to know, Nicole? Nicole, God, where did that come from, right, Jordan? <laughs> I know where it who connected us, Nicole. Yeah. <laughs> so where do I start? You know, it's like we just we, we talked offline briefly. I started in the restaurant business yeah. and uh, built a chain of small uh, coffee shops, slash bagel shops. Started with hundred ninety four dollars, built it into wow. a seven figure business in less than a decade. Sold it, went into coaching, consulting, online marketing, seminar events, that business. Yeah. And I've been now at it for about 17, 18 years. And so what most people know me as is the millionaire marketing mentor. And part of it is I take folks who are really, really good at something, usually experts, service providers like coaches, consultants, uh, and they're really good at making magic for other people, but they're horrible at making their own businesses grow, having their own client attraction, sales systems. And I just help them turn what they're really good at, what they're passionate about doing, their expertise and turn that into a marketing and sales machine. Yeah, that's so, so true. A lot of people who have an expertise and who are smart, intelligent people, brilliant in their own, you know, expertise space. And then it's like everything else, you know, that has to go along with business. It's like, yep. yikes. Um, and you know, they often have a lot of shame about it too, because right. like, there are brilliant business consultants who can go into a fortune 500 companies and make them millions of dollars. Right. But they can't make, can't, can't bring their own clients on board. The struggle with, it's like, yep. almost no sense, but yet, you know, there are two different right. things. So yes, hundred percent. I totally, totally agree. So, um, I'm going to go into, uh, this invisible selling machine, kind of describe your business or your client's business before you implemented this system? You know, I've been at it for so long, it's, it's a tough question almost, but uh, yeah. I have this knack for reverse engineering things. So I look at the end result or like, what do I see somewhere else that's working? And it's like, how do I reverse engineer to accomplish a similar result? You know, when I first transitioned, so I built a very successful business in the restaurant industry, sold it, and I figured, okay, I'm just going to go and be Mr. Consultant. Mm-hmm. What I didn't know is that, you know, selling muffins and coffee and sandwiches and bagels are very different than selling yourself and your expertise. Yeah. So it was really thin picking. I, it wasn't like, you know, clients just drained. I, I had to figure out how to, how to close business. And I can tell you one particular situation where I was courting a prospect for a ridiculous low dollar amount. Yeah. And it was like the fifth or sixth meeting. So now, you know, all this time invested. And then finally, I'm thinking, this is the day I'm taking a check and, and going to the bank. 
And at the end of this conversation, they end up telling me after you know, they picked my brain, I've told them everything right. possible to tell them, like this whole free consulting for weeks now. Yeah. They say, you know, I can't afford your services. I just can't afford it. And I'm like, wow, you know, what just, what just happened here? Right. But the funniest thing is not even a week later, I see the same person at a networking event and kind of kitty corner, they have a group of people around and they are bragging how they just signed up for this $12,000 coaching program and they paid up front. And I'm like, I am, you know, oh, three word. feet away, just fuming. Right. And then after I got over my anger, I realized it wasn't them. It was me. I didn't know how to present my product. I had no sales process. Mm -hmm. I was just like, I thought if I just show up right. and talk and tell them all the good things that I can do, they're going to yeah. whip out their wallet and cut me a check or whatever. It's like, no, it doesn't happen. Right, yeah. <laughs> Does not. So what kind of drove you then to put a process in place? Was it that one particular client? Is it... Um, you know, that you just were tired of maybe that particular scenario happening over and over again? What was it that finally was like, okay? So there were like two or three things, but so I had to narrow it down to three things. Number one, uh, it was, again, I was, you know, when I first got into this business, I was 29 years old, just sold a very successful business. Right. And, you know, so, so back away, um, look, you're much younger than I am, I'm assuming, right? But <laughs> so you, you just turned 21 from all I know, right? <laughs> look, today, very widely acceptable for people to be young and be highly successful. You know, yeah. if, you, if you rewind 10, 15 years back, you know, a successful person, they were like in the 60s, right? Now they've right. made, no, you know, people in the, they were in the 30s and making millions, they were just, they were unicorns, not like today, right? Right. Everything was brick and mortar. Yeah. So what drove one of my triggers was constantly people asking me like, why you, why you? Mm -hmm. And even though I've created more success in a short amount of space in right. my business that I just sold than most people create in the lifetime, right. I found myself having to justify. And I had my mom's voice like, don't, you know, it's not nice to talk about yourself and brag, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, how am I supposed to sell myself and not tell them all the great, it's like, <laughs> I hated this, like, why you? You know, who the heck are you, Sonny, right? I hated that. Yeah. Second was that one conversation, this, this conversation just got so etched in my mind because it just made me so mad. <laughs> I'm like, this client should have been mine. That money should have been mine. I didn't, by the way, my offer was for $500 a month. And wow. they couldn't afford it. And then they sold, then they bought $1,000. It's like, come on. Right. All right. That drove me mad. And the yeah. third thing is I had wife and two kids. And I needed to put roof over the head. And it's like, you know, man, I need to make money to figure yeah. it out fast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a big one. <laughs> that's yeah. definitely a big one. You have people counting on you for sure. Yep. So then kind of start to walk us through the process that you started to kind of figure out. Um, and then, you know, as it's probably evolved and whatever else. And we'll talk through some of maybe the objections because I'm sure some things you may say, you know, people will start to be like, well, it won't work for me. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, we'll kind of go through why it is that you've set it up the way that you have set it up and why it is successful. So, you know, there's actually, so one of the first ahas that I had, probably like a lot of people, what the way I was generating business was just going and networking, just meeting people face to face and trying to generate business this way. And, you know, and again, another conversation that I had with someone was like, look, I've been part of this group for like three or four months and I haven't gotten a business. Right. And the conversation was, well, look, people have to get to know you, like you and trust you. You know, it takes six months or a year. They have to see you coming, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't have six months. I need to feed my family. Right. So I started looking at, you know, folks that are kind of like in our industry, like, you know, back then I would look at someone like Zig Ziglar or, you know, a Tony Robbins who wasn't that, yeah. that well known back then, but still like they don't go to networking meetings. How do they get their speaking gigs? How do they get the consulting business? How do they make money? Yeah. And very quickly I realized that there are two things in actually three things in place. Number one, they position themselves as an authority of some sorts. Mm -hmm. Number two, they have some sort of authority marketing system in place. And number three, they have a sales system or sales process in place. All right. Yeah. So what I started reverse engineering, number one is how do I become known as an authority on something? Number two, what's my marketing process? How do I get leads, the right leads, and turn those leads into prospects? And then number three, what's my sales machine that's going to convert those prospects into actual paying clients, yeah. right? And then yeah. on, beyond that would be like an overall business model that you have to figure out that all of that fits in. 
But those would be like the three things that every single one of your listeners should be thinking of. How do I become known for sometimes become a thought leader and authority and expert on something? Mm-hmm. And it's actually easier to be accomplished than most people think because all the authority and celebrity is manufactured. So you just have to yeah. figure out how do I manufacture it? And then number two, what's your marketing process? And number three, what's your sales process, right? So we can dive into that a little bit. Totally. Yeah. Let's talk about that authority piece a little bit. That's what, <sighs> what do you want to know? <laughs> this is like, this is a weekend seminar. How do we shrink it down? I, right. Then, I know. Right? Seriously. I'm thinking, you know, I agree that a lot of the celeb status and all that stuff is totally manufactured. And when, you know, you do have your mother's voice in your head saying, don't talk about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or you're just uncomfortable with visibility, um, which is something yeah. that I have had to work through this past year, mm-hmm. um, actually is I'm just like, I'm good. Like, I don't need to be seen. Why do people care about what's going on in my life? All of that sort of stuff. Um, how do you fight those kind of inner battles more, um, when it comes to being an authority and being seen as a thought leader? So again, this opens kind of a whole broad spectrum of <laughs> I things. Know. Because- <laughs> Not everybody is wired the same way, right? right? So some people are perfectly fine being in the center of attention on stage and doing yeah. those things. Some folks prefer to be behind the scenes and it's very uncomfortable for them. So you have to figure out methods that will resonate with how you are wired. Mm-hmm. But to me, what it essentially comes down to is you've got to, you know, I, I have this thing I teach my clients, you've got to teach more, you will attract more, you will sell more. So when you lead with a sales pitch, people run. But when you teach, people will start coming and paying attention and listening and asking questions and getting involved. So yeah. to me, if you look at every authority, you know, what are you thinking of? Author, books, right? But also right. teachers, uh, clergy, you know, people, people that tell us, give us commands that become authority. So yeah. the fastest way to position yourself as an authority is start teaching and giving commands. So for example, you know, if I were to say, hey, look, one of the fastest way to start being noticed as an authority on a topic is to do three things. Number one, start teaching on the topic. Number two, start making controversial statements. And number three, at the end of each teaching session, tell people what to do, like give them three steps. Yeah. So for example, for me, three steps would be number one, teach more. Number two, be controversial. And number three, include a call to action. There we go, right? So because I just gave you an example of like teaching plus command, people start going like, wow, this guy's pretty smart. He knows, wow, I better pay. You know, the minute you start taking notes when someone talks about something, Mm. you automatically place them in that authority box. Oh, yeah. So really getting people to take those notes and have those nuggets. Because now you're relating back to being in school, having, you know, it's so ingrained in us. We don't even think about it. It just starts happening. We start going like, oh, this person is talking. Oh, I better pay attention. And then, um, you know, a couple of other things is um, I'm a huge, I call it the lighthouse effect. Hmm. So what you want to create is some sort of um, centerpiece content or methodology or, um, or, cycle, or, or uh, a methodology map yeah. where you can relate to over and over. Like, look, I've got a process. I've got a method. You know, essentially, every expert has a process they take you through. I bet in your business, when you take people through improving the operations, it's not just like, hey, I'm here, I'm good, what do you guys need? It's like, no, we've got a method that we take you through. If you are here and you want to end up and you know, whatever is the final destination, we've got a core process we're going to take you through, right? Mm -hmm. So if you start communicating this, look, they're very simple. When I first got started, you know, I created this program called Attract Clients Like Crazy, and it was seven steps, right? And now message became simple. It's like, look, you know, I can, I can guarantee you're going to get more clients in 30 days than you got in 12 months combined. And it's just follow my seven step process guaranteed. So now people automatically go like, well, what's the seven step process? If you take in the time to organize anything you do in a sequence, then um, that automatically elevates you above everybody else who just goes like, well, we do this. Well, how do you, do you have a method? Do you have a process? Right. Is there psychology to it? So you know, those are a couple simple things. Create a method, yeah. start communicating, start teaching on this method. And then, you know, when you teach, do give people suggestions like, hey, here's the next step for you. Here's what you should do with this. Here's how to implement it. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I'll, I'll share with you, whether you do it on a video, whether you do it in writing, yeah. um, you know, whatever you people are more comfortable with are doing, uh, what's important, I just lost my train of thought completely. 
That's such a good thought. <laughs> Oh, it had something. It had something to do with the fact that you know some people still may may go like, well, I don't know enough. I'm not that good of an authority. Mm, or yeah, like, yeah. You start where you are at. You find one right. thing that you are pretty good at, and mm. today I call it micro authority. Man, by the way, for those who are listening on audio, Jordan is just drinking from this giant mug, and I have <laughs> mug obsession. I'm like, yes, yes. oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, total squirrel. Yeah. So it's like, look, with you thinking I'm not that well known, I don't have it. You know, look, I never went to college. And the funny thing is majority of my very first clients in, uh, in my consulting business were people with uh, MBA and usually at least one PhD in something. And wow. I actually used to make fun of them that they spent all this money on education. And then they came to a high school grad to right. teach them how to make money in business. Right. Yeah. But it had nothing to do with me not having college degrees. It had me to do with the fact that I focused, what do I actually know, like beyond the shadow of a doubt? Well, mm -hmm. I bought, started, bought, grew, and sold businesses for a decade prior to that. So I certainly knew how to do that. That's all I needed to focus on. I didn't right. need a diploma. I didn't need a certification. I didn't need anybody else to tell me, hey, you okay to teach this. I just anointed myself and started doing what I needed to do. Yeah, I love that. And especially being younger yeah i'm 27 and so i used to it's funny because everyone else didn't see my age as a as a hindrance but mm. i was scared and i was like who am i to say this when you know i i uh was the coo of a business a multi-million dollar business online when i was 23. Mm. Um, and so you know it it was always fascinating to me because i'm like i don't I don't think I would trust a 23 year old. I don't even have a multi-million dollar business right now. And I don't trust a 23 year old to run my business. Uh, but it, there's just, it's funny just the things that internally can stop you from yeah. accelerating. And it's like, you know, there's a lot of outside stuff too that, that, um, that can stop you. But for me, it's always been internal and mm. age has never been an issue from outside sources. Everyone's like, no, we want to know what you know. And to me, I'm like, oh, but I'm like in my 20s and, you know, I like to do puzzles and I'm like, whatever. But, um, and so like, you know, it, it is that like, who am I? Like, you know, and so I like that you touched on that um, a lot because I do, I am very confident in what I know. It just is like, for some reason, age is like a hiccup. So, mm -hmm. but, mm. Yeah. But anyhow. Not about me, um, but moving on from the authority piece and then kind of going into the marketing piece um, of, of kind of, or not even kind of having to attract the right people. Um, and I say right people because mm -hmm. there should be qualifiers. Um, and I'm sure that you have a lot of um, good experience in what are good qualifiers and what are bad qualifiers? So, yeah, this is actually a very good question. Very astute of you to ask that because most people miss it, right? A lead does not equal a lead. A prospect does not equal a prospect. Right. So it, it, it really just, let's just address that very quickly. When I first started mm -hmm. this business, um, I made my first set of business card back then on Vistaprint. Vistaprint was just coming online in 2000, <laughs> right? Yeah. And uh, for $5, you got your business cards for free. I think I paid 10 because I got them double-sided with some custom message. So I had to pay extra five bucks. But anyway, right. I, was, I don't even know if they still do. <laughs> they don't know what's the deal. But anyway, <laughs> you know, the, my, my tagline was for service professionals who struggle to attract clients. It would intrigue people and that would show interest, but then I would run into a lot of like, well, you know, it's great. I would love to work with you, but I don't have the money. Right. And I'm like, wow, you know, what gives? And then I changed that, that one message to uh, helping service professionals who are, what was the message? Oh, successful service professionals who are looking to grow their businesses. Mm. Now, it yeah. wasn't, the message isn't as sexy because everybody relates to right. struggle. Right. I know successful people often don't even they, even they are successful. They often don't see themselves as successful. They go like, I'm not as successful as I want to be. So I'm not a success. Right. Right. So it's not as sexy of the message, but, you know, just switching it to working with professionals who want to grow more successful businesses uh, that started attracting very different people, people who, regardless of where they were in the moment, they were willing and ready 
to make investments in themselves emotionally, energetically, time-wise, and financially, right? Right. So that's very important that your message has to resonate. In fact, the best marketing message should resonate with your best potential clients and essentially repel and alienate those who are not a good fit. Don't be afraid to, right. to uh, I don't know if I can say, piss people off, right? I don't yeah. know if it's so PG rated. Can I use? Yeah. yeah. Okay, right. <laughs> so, you know, make some people mad because it's going to align even stronger your ideal prospects. So for example, today, you know, we sell a couple of different coaching programs and I sell them in a very simple way. I share with people very simple PDF documents, but those PDFs so strongly speak to who I'm looking for. Like you, if you're this type of person, perfect. By the way, if you're this type of person, like you blame others, you, you're a lazy bum sitting on the couch, you watch a bunch of free webinars and never do anything. It's like blah, blah, blah. You always blame the president and the government and the economy, blah, blah, blah. It's like, go away. It's yeah. just not, you know, if you've got emotional issues, if you want to cry every time somebody tells you, you, you know, your, your program sucks. It's right. like, you know, go somewhere else, go get a therapist, go get a life first, right. then come back, we'll talk. Right. But, you know, I kind of make it funny and exaggerate and build on it because I know that it strongly resonates with, with people who are perfect fit for me. And it completely just the folks who are not, they kind of read this and they shiver and they go like, oh my God, somebody figured me out, right? It's like, yeah. run. Yeah. So that's very important. But back to, am I on target, by the way? Am I telling you what you want to know or am yes, I like way off? Totally. No, All right. I'm, I'm zoned in. <laughs> <laughs> So you need to bring me back into, you know, into the center because I yeah. think <laughs> right. So we talked about, this is the authority marketing piece, right? We want to talk about uh, bringing yeah, in. The, uh, the, yeah, the marketing piece, yeah. So, you know, I still go back to teaching. So for me, this, I talked about lighthouse effect and we have yeah. lighthouse content, right? So some sort of methodology. But then another piece that I work relentlessly around today is creating success case studies. Mm-hmm. And by the way, oh, I know what I wanted to share with you earlier. It was about not being afraid to share really good insider detailed info. Mm-hmm. Like pre- pre- experts, service professionals are often thinking, if I teach my clients, my prospects this, they will never hire me. Yeah. Now you have to realize that there are two types of people out there when it comes to your prospects. There are do-it-yourselvers, yeah. and then there are those who want to hire an expert. Do it your solvers will very rarely end up hiring you. It's always a pain in the neck to try to convince them. Those who don't want to do it themselves, they will learn everything there is to know. They still want to know because they want to know that you know what the heck you are doing. Exactly. And then they go, okay, now do it for me or do do it with me or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. But they want your help. So don't be afraid to share really good info. I want you to think about really good books you've read. Yeah. You know, like I always am I'm a big fan of Dr. Stephen Covey and Seven Habits, uh-huh. right? Yeah. If you think about this book and the principles he shared, imagine him going like, well, I can't put it in the book because what if other consultants steal my info and they teach this? Sure. Look how many millions of people would not have been impacted. And by the way, would, he, would his business be his company, right? Frank and Covey would be where it is today if he wasn't releasing his ideas into the world. So yeah. don't be afraid to do the good stuff. Now, a great marketing system is always telling people what to do, even how to do it. People always say, I don't teach how to. That's not true. You can teach how to. But then your call to action has to be how to do it better, faster, or easier. So, for example, if I taught you, again, it's like I can't think of any specific, but if I said, you know, if I walked through some sort of specific, you know, like seven-step process, like in detail, and then I say, by the way, you know, if you want to see it all mapped out on a piece of paper, like strategically how all the components connect, we already created this mind map for you. Yeah. It will take you hours to try to figure it out on your own. Just go to this page and collect it. It's already yours. You know, it's free. Just give your name and email. It's done. I just collected the lead. Yeah. All right. And by the way, that's a highly qualified lead because if they were consuming some sort of information on a topic, and let's say it was a 20-minute video that I just did or something like this, right. they sat through this 20 minutes Obviously, they're, they're highly interested. Yep. And now they want a more detailed information. They're willing to opt in. It's like the, it's a highly qualified lead. Yes. Right? And then from that point on, what else do you do to impress them? What else do you do to build that relationship? What else do you do to help them uh, really to help establish that you are an authority? Yeah. And then how do you then move that lead towards being a prospect and um, you know, go through the sales process? 
Gotcha. Yeah, no. And I think it's important to know that, you know, the time that people spend, you know, if somebody's watching a 20 minute video versus somebody who, you know, maybe just reads your blog, the person who watched your 20 minute video is probably going to be a more qualified lead because they invested time in learning more. Um, and so I think it's, you know, it's something I honestly didn't really think about until you just kind of um, spoke about it, but just really thinking about, okay, the levels of, of qualification that do happen. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, I have, I guess, a somewhat lengthy intake form before people get on a sales call with me. And it's, it's to qualify people. Like, I don't want people who just sent their name and email and then I get on the phone with them. I know nothing about your business. I know I can't say like, oh, you actually aren't ready to work with me, et cetera, et cetera. No, I need to know a lot of pieces of information because my time is valuable too. And so I'm not trying to sell you on anything if one, especially if you aren't ready. Um, and two, like if you just are here to like see what it is that I'm even selling, because I also don't want to get on the phone with people who are just trying to see what's behind the curtain or see whatever. It's like, I don't have time <laughs> to do all of that. And I share it yeah. pretty much everywhere anyway. So you probably could find it on your own. Yeah. So, um, so I think it's, it's key to think about those different qualifiers um, and how time investment on the client side is a good indicator of how yeah. hot they are. Yeah. 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 And you know, it's like, so if we go into those qualifiers a little bit, you know, yeah. there is, um, uh, it's every business will be different, right? But again, it's like your best prospects essentially will come to you and they come to decide whether or not to buy. They don't right. want free consulting. They yeah. come. And today, especially online, yes. you know, it's so fun because I've been at it for so long. The reason I even started this business is because everybody's message was like, hello, here's my name. By the way, do you want to do a, like an in-depth meeting with me and see if I can, if you want to buy my stuff? And this is what people are doing again. So then we went into those long funnel information marketing education. Right. And now the last year and a half, two years, I'm seeing, you know, the pendulum is back to where I started 18 years ago. And yeah. it's like on everybody's website, it's like, hello, my name is, you want to sign up for a consultation? I don't know you from Adam. I would right. want to sign up for a consultation with you. That's right. a, that's a mid funnel offer. You need to have some sort of introductory offer. And then, mm -hmm. you know, then you, to some people, you make this offer, hey, consultation would be a not next natural step, but it's not a first step in a sales or in a marketing process, right? right. And so what happens because of that, most people end up wasting a lot of time on unqualified prospects, right? Yeah. yeah. And then the second part of it is that, again, just like what you described in your application process, don't be afraid to ask detailed questions. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to require, uh, to make some uh, requirements of your prospects to, for example, watch specific information before they come to a call with you. Mm -hmm. You know, I watch, I ask my, my potential clients to watch three 45-minute case studies and read wow. a 28-page document before they come to the call. That's amazing. So I can give you, a, so for example, like this week, I have five sales calls. Mm -hmm. I closed five sales. Yep. So it's unusual. Typically, I have an 80% close ratio. But mm -hmm. look, I'm not telling you to brag. I'm, there's actually a system. Right. You're listening. So what happens is we generate leads that come to us for a specific process. And because of, they come to it because I share information that's focused on a specific topic. So in my case, I would talk a lot about monetizing your expertise, closing sales, fastest path to cash, revving up your revenue, all kinds of topics are related to revving up business and sales. Yeah. Then, you know, my lead generators could be, you know, either come and hang out with me in a Facebook group or beyond that, come and get my million dollar business blueprint or something like this. It's sales related or business growth related. Right. And, but, and then if someone wants to explore this further, then again, by the time they they say, Hey, can we, you know, what would that look like? And I have a conversation. Great but realize that there is some process I want you to, in other words, why would we have a conversation? I don't do free consulting. Right. Chances are, you know, what needs to be done. Chances are, you know what you're looking for. It's just deciding right. whether or not we're a good fit. Right. And I want you to make the, the, the decision on your own on don't waste my time first, right? right? Invest your time because yeah. then I'll be investing my time in you. Yeah. So again, it's just, it's a little hard nosed and most people just think it's going to really ruin the business if they do it this way. It's not, it will actually free you up to focus on then creating more value to bring even more qualified prospects to you. Oh yeah. And how do you, 
I don't have an issue with boundaries. I'm very like boundaries driven. Mm -hmm. Um, But with people who do struggle with, well, you know, I want to get on all the calls. Like, I don't know, you know, if that one call could have gone well, or maybe it's they're at the point where it's a dip in their business and they're needing the sales or whatever the reasoning is that they're having in their head. Mm -hmm. Um, But really, you know, to overcome that objection of, I need to be on all the calls. How do you, how do you come at that and combat it? Yeah. So to me, um, it's, that's again, great question because it's very situational, very contextual based, right? Not, not one solution fits everybody. But I think what you want to ask yourself is this, like, so um, where am I revenue wise? You know, am I, how much more revenue do I need? How quickly? Right. So if you're very, very hungry, you start putting less barriers in front of your leads. Also, if you don't have enough leads, obviously the more barriers you put in front of those few that you get, the fewer you will end up talking to. So your chances of closing business will increase when you talk to people face to face. So you may, but you have to realize you're going to kiss a lot of frogs if you just let people, you know, blatantly book time on your schedule. Right. Right. So it's again, how many leads do you have coming in? How busy are you? Also, who is doing the conversations? So in my case, you know, there was a point where I had a sales team on the phone and we practically not to really be flipping about it, but we really didn't care. It's like, look, my right. job was to give them leads. They were getting leads right. where they were closing or not. It's like, well, you know, it's like, whatever. It wasn't my time. It was their job. Right. So right. today it's like about 15 months ago, we restructured and I chose to just focus, just be myself. Mm-hmm. And again, just like I show with you, so I don't want to talk to a bunch of people. I want to talk to people who have 20 minute conversations and say, okay, I'm in. Right. right? And, and I make it abundantly clear when they come to the call, it's like, look, we're looking for 10 to 20 minutes. I don't even call them consultation calls. I don't call them discovery calls. In my case, in my materials, we refer to them as a mutual fit uh, assurance chats. Mutual mm-hmm. fit assurance chat. So for us, it's to get on the phone. I've got about two or three questions for you. You will likely have about two or three questions for me. It's going to take about 10 minutes. And if it's not a good fit, I'll be the first one to tell you because I'm driven by results. Right. And if it is a good fit, then we'll make magic happen together. We'll take care of the financial details. We'll move on. It's yeah. just, you know, when they come to the call, all of that is disclosed up front. So it's, yeah. there's no surprise like, oh, I'm going to give you a bunch of value in this. And then I'm going to hoodwink you. It's like, by the way, here's an offer. Buy from me. And right. then I'm going to make you feel like, you know, like you're really an idiot if you don't buy. Yeah. None of that stuff. Don't, don't do that. Right. Yeah. That is on the don't do pile. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then any other, when it comes to then the sales part of it. So we do authority, we do marketing, and then the, the sales part of it. Um, any pointers, any direction on how to continue to go about that? Um, and I like the positioning that you did on that last call. I think that's really, really valuable. Yeah. And I, so again, what's, what's really important, what I want folks, I call them um, uh, legitimizers. Mm-hmm. You know, what's really important is you have something to send to your potential clients before you get on a call with them. Mm. Right. So uh, what's in this whole, you know, invisible sales machine, timing is very important. And, you know, timing can take a few months or it can take a few minutes, depending on a prospect's level of readiness. But just because, by the way, let me just mention something very, I don't want to avoid your question about the sales system. Actually, I have a whole sales sales system I want to give you. But I think this is important. A lot of people do business by referrals. Yeah. But when they get referred person to them, for whatever reason, they deviate from, from how they would treat this person if, they, if it was just a lead generated elsewhere. Yeah. And they skip the typical indoctrination and a sales process, the positioning machine. And it's a big mistake because then they end up like, well, how come, it wouldn't, you know, how come this prospect right. didn't, didn't turn into a client? Well, you skipped your entire positioning sequence, your entire process where the prospect discovers you are actually an authority on your subject. You have, a, you have a solution system in place. You're not just winging it, right? You have certain authority in there. And they come to you uh, with that respect, with that reverence already. If right. you skipped all of this, then you, have to, then you have a conversation with someone and you're wondering, why is it so hard? Why am I working so hard? Why am I justifying? Why am I feeling attacked? Why are they, you know, why are they uh, bickering about a price? You know, why are they just not buying? It's like you skipped all the important steps in the process, right? Mm, yeah. 
makes so, sense. Which, by the way, again, case studies, there was a period, I want to go back, because this is so important. This is the invisible part that people miss. Yeah. There was a period in my business where it's like we were attracting just lead after lead as people who were not a good fit. Primarily, financially, they just could not afford our services. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, it's like if it happens, if you get a few here and there, it's it's kind of normal, right? Right. But if it's like 11 out of 10, you know, then there is a problem. Like, okay, it's something we changed in our marketing. What is it? Right. And as I went through our entire process and what we were communicating, our case studies, a number of case studies we were featuring were about people who said, oh my God, you know, it was, it was so tough. And it's like, my, my house was, my business was really not doing well. I was in bankruptcy and my house was about to be repossessed and stuff. And, but then I discovered Adam and then like magically we turned. Right. Wow. But that before story was talking about, and yeah, we help some clients like this, but that's not our ideal client. Right. And that's a desperate client, right? Yeah. So whatever materials you share, your case studies, your articles, make sure that they perfectly resonate with your ideal client. And your ideal client, by the way, one of the check marks should be can easily afford to pay my fees. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Something yeah. most people skip, unfortunately. So totally. let's talk about sales process. Yes. All right. Walk us through. Yeah. I actually, I'll walk you through a, a methodology I call Quest. Hmm. And it's an acronym, right? So it's qualify, understand, stimulate. Uh, I'm sorry, qualify, understand, educate, stimulate, and transition. Mm-hmm. All right. So there's actually an S at the end that I'll, if we have time, I'll talk about as well. So it becomes plural as quests. All right. Yeah. So in medicine, it's considered malpractice to prescribe treatment before you diagnose a problem. Yeah. And yet a lot of service professionals just go like, all right, here's my solution. Just want to buy it. It's like, well, you don't even know if it's a fit for me, right? Right. So just because someone says, hey, I've got a headache and can you give me an aspirin? No, I need to diagnose what's causing this headache. You may be suffering massive kidney failure and then aspirin will kill you. Right. right? So you're not a doctor. I am a doctor. So take off your clothes and let me examine you first, right? And most people are just too afraid to push all those hot buttons. Because they have their own unresolved issues. Like they're afraid to talk about money. They're afraid to talk about problems. Because, you know, what if the prospect gets mad and just leaves? Well, if you cannot discover the real issues, you can't really help them anyway. Right. So that's what we now before they become problem clients. Oh, yeah. So this whole thing is, you know, qualify. Like, why are we here? All right. What's your reason for even wanting to talk to me? Uh, why did you think, why do you think that I can potentially be of service to you? Like, all of those, like, here's who you are, here's who I am, here's why we are here, here's what we are going to talk about, here are some outcomes that we are looking forward to achieving today together. Is that correct? You qualify all of this. Don't skip that step. It's very important, right? You want to qualify things like, by the way, that which blows up your sales the most, you want to address in the qualifying stage. Mm, okay. So, for example, if a lot of your... your um, calls or your sales you ask for business somebody says oh i'm going to talk to my business partner right or you ask for business and they say you know i can't decide today because something is coming up right or you know just as you get to your offer they say oh my gosh i forgot i had another meeting right, right. or they say i again i can't afford it i don't have the money right right so whatever chances are most people experience a problem that repeatedly something the same objection comes up over and over and over by the way great indication it's never about the prospect it's always about you and your process right Mm -hmm. you want to address it in the qualifying stage like hey so mr potential client i just want to i just want to confirm we agreed we're going to have 75 minutes together is that still on your schedule right we're going to have a 75 minutes of uninterrupted time to talk is that correct yes Mm -hmm. no if we don't well we need to reschedule because I need 75 minutes. Right. My process to walk you through what I'm about to walk you through takes 75 minutes. And by the way, 75 is not 70 or 73, it's 75 minutes. Right. We have 75 minutes, yes or no. And don't be afraid to be that assertive. By the way, mm. when you do this, what just happens? Right. You assume authority. 
Right. Like, I'm like, oh, well, I want the. This is not some rinky dinky, you know, <laughs> roadshow circus. This right. is a professional. We've got processes, we've got systems. It's like, this right. is how it works, right? Yeah. Uh, another thing is, you know, so Mr. and Mrs., uh, Mr. And Mrs. Potential Client, um, let's briefly talk about the financials. So at this point, uh, have you already thought about allocating um, a specific budget to acquiring this solution? Should we decide that this is a good fit for you? Mm. Why not address it up front? If the prospect mm. says, well, actually, we don't have the money for it. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. So why are we meeting today? Right. I love that. It's just, don't be, a, look, you don't right. owe anybody anything. This is your business. This is your playground. Exactly. You're not obligated to give anybody free consulting just because they called you. Right. There is no obligation at all. You have obligation to yourself, your company, your family, you know, and everybody that depends on you to put their, the roof over their head and, you know, and, and provide them with the livelihood. That's all. And, you know, prospects who are just seeking freeloading, they're, they're, they're not going to provide this. So you don't owe them anything, right? So once you go through the qualifying, then you go, uh, you want to understand. All right. So uh, tell me about, you know, so what's going on? What is the problem? Why do you think that's the problem? And you ask all sorts of qualifying questions. You know, how urgent is it? How painful is it? How much does it cost? And then the stimulate part goes into identifying some potential solutions and what would things look like when the solution is in place? Would that be a desirable outcome, right? Mm -hmm. So you kind of do this dance, like here's a problem, here's where you wanna be, you know, it's like here's, here's why this problem is urgent, Here's what this solution could do for you, right? So you right. understand and you stimulate the desire for moving forward. By the way, this is a billion-dollar tip that most salespeople completely skip. Look, your biggest enemy, your biggest competitor when you're selling is never price point and it's never another business. Never, ever, ever. <laughs> it's always inertia. It's the person thinking that they can continue what they've been doing and get away with it. Because change is always painful. Mm. So, you know, unless you make current situation no longer a viable option that they can continue with, they will just decide to do nothing. I love that. All right. So it's never like your competitor is cheaper or whatever. Yeah, if you screw it up and you don't qualify your prospects the right way or you don't establish why your authority is worth a certain amount of money, they mm -hmm. might go that route. But most often the sale is blown by people just going into the inertia mode and being unable to make a decision in a timely manner. All right, so you have to nip that option in the bud. You have to right. eliminate the current circumstances as a, the, the status quo has to be eliminated as an option, mm -hmm. all right? So that. then you have the last part is, so by the way, your, um, I skipped the educating part, but the educating part is where you give them a little bit about, hey, here are some possible solutions. By the way, you know, just to illustrate what that may look like. Yeah. Someone may say, um, you know, in your case, you may, you may talk about operations or systems not being in place, right? Right. And as you talk to them, you realize that, look, it's they, Every, every time you ask them something, they, they can't make a decision or they have to go and do more research or something. They don't have the answers. Mm -hmm. And you may say something, look, you know, here's a real issue. Your issue is not lack of systems. Your issue is you haven't decided to make systems important enough to put them in place. Mm -hmm. It's like your, your real issue is you can't decide. Right. Or, you know, it's not about systems. Like, you know, Jordan, in your, in your case, it's not about, you know, maybe in your case, it's not about trust with letting someone younger control your business. <laughs> <laughs> but something else missing in there. I'm calling you out here. Yeah, right. <laughs> I love it. Not to self, never insult the host. <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> but my point is, you know, look, as a doctor, you're not here to state. And by the way, all of us, when we do our sales process, we are doctors. We are experts. It's mm -hmm. not about selling. It's always about diagnosing and prescribing. Right. Yeah. So when you... Uh, people, if you, if you just state the obvious and the person you have conversations with have no ahas, they have no reason to move forward with you. You provided zero value. Right. Right. So you must unearth some things that to you, they're as obvious as day, right. but to them, they're focusing on the symptoms. Your job is to point out a few real causes mm. and indicated, look, if we, if we address the real cause, the symptoms will go away by themselves. 
right? Mm. That's, so that's the education point. Yeah. Then you stimulate by confirming like, this is the outcomes this will likely create, and these are the outcomes you're looking to have, perfect. And then transition part, this is again a big part that most people miss mm. because they think that prospects should know what to do next. Well, a prospect doesn't. Don't, they don't read your mind. You are selling your solution day in and day out. They buy it once ever, right? Right. So don't assume that they know like that the next step is to ask you for, you know, for a contract and to sign it and to give you the payment or whatever. They have no idea. So it's your job to tell them. So on a website, it could be as simple as in a sales letter, like, here, here's what you need to do next. Here's what will happen next. So you need to click here, go to that page. And in copywriting, people are trained like this is the best copy. Here's what you need to do next. Click this button, fill out the form. Then you're going to click there next. Here's what you, what's going to happen. You walk them through. Same thing happens if you're selling one-on-one, right? Yeah. So here's what we need to do next. So here's, here's what typically happens at this point, mm-hmm. right? Are you ready to do this? Let's go ahead and, and proceed. So you give people the next step to transition them. It can be just as simple as, well, you know what? At this point, most people just ask me um, if I take credit cards and they give me one of the credit cards and we move forward. Yeah. Which credit card would you like to give me? That's a very assumptive sale and transition, okay. right? Yeah, um, and some people will be very comfortable doing it. Some people will freak out, and they need a softer transition. Yeah, but realize at some point you just need to transition to ask for an order. Right. And Actually, by the way, exactly. <laughs> so here's another great indicator: if you are having sales conversation, it should be thirty minutes to an hour, and two hours later you're still wasting your prospect's time. It's yeah. a great indicator you are afraid to ask for the sale. And you just beating around the bush, trying to give more value and be a nice person. Maybe they'll like you. Maybe eventually they ask you to just, you know, hey, can I just give you my money? Well, you know, they're trying to avoid it and you're trying to avoid it as well. So just ask for the sale, right? Mm-hmm. When you ask for the sale, two things will happen. Number one, they'll say, no problem. Let's move forward. Number two, they might say, well, you know, hold off. There's something else on my mind. And if that's the case, you go back to, let me understand, let me educate you why that's not an issue, let me stimulate, and let's transition again. Mm, nice, so you can just come back around. Yep. That's good. That was really powerful and very helpful. And I just <laughs> literally listened to this all freaking day. Um, but <laughs> have to move along. So, Thank you. Uh, a couple of the last questions, which are my audience's favorites. Um, what was your best financial investment in business? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me this. You know, um, <laughs> I try to prepare you. You know, the, the bottom line is uh, it's always in, in making me better at marketing and selling. And even though I'm, I am in marketing and selling right. training and that's what I do, but it's always, you know, I would not be where I'm here, where I am now if it wasn't for me always investing in learning how to market myself better and how to, how to be better at selling. Even when you have other people do this in your company as an entrepreneur, uh, and by the way, this is not tactics. This is not like, you know, how to sell with video. That's tactical. Right. I'm talking about strategically and psychologically understanding marketing and sales. So anything you can put your hands on that talks about the strategy of marketing, strategy of sales, the psychology of sales, that's the because it's essentially influence. Yeah. Right? So that's what, those are the best things that I've invested in seminars, trainings, coaches, mentors in that arena. That's always the best investment. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree on all that. And then what was your worst financial investment in business? The worst, um, man, I have the saying that um, is forget the losses, but don't lose the lessons. Ah, so yes. I always have, you know, it's like, I really don't think I've ever made bad investments. I always learned something, even though it might've been horrible. Yeah. At the moment. But I think I'll tell you this strategically again, and psychologically, the best, the worst investments I've made is stuff that I bought, bought because I was like, um, compulsive about it. Mm. So, you know, it's thinking, yeah. Oh, it's a great tactic. I should study it. Right. It's just a freaking tactic. And then remember that the person selling you the tactic they've likely have worked on mastering this tactic for many, many years. And now they go like, look how easy it is. Yeah, to them, to you, it's going to take likely weeks, most likely months, in some cases years, to figure it out. Are you in a place where you're really ready to implement that tactic? If not, 
don't buy a course on it. And I think that's, way, that's the investments, courses and training and, and consultants on topics that were just like, hey, good idea, but it was like down the line. I wasn't ready to really be committed to it right there and then, and it was just a distraction, just a total, at the moment, waste of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think a lot of times it's also um, the people selling it aren't upfront about how much time you do have to implement. So a lot of times there's 60 videos of an hour and a half each and <laughs> at least like no time to implement. Plus you got to hire this other person to do half the implementing. It's like, you know, none of that of course is disclosed. And so, you know, it, it can leave a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. 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 That's for sure. At some points, you know, another way to look at it is your best investments, at least for me, my best investments were also once you get to a certain point, uh, it's investing in people who will get it done with you or for you, Yeah. not in courses, how to do it. Right? right. And again, it depends on where the person is in the business, but at some point you have no business learning more how to's you already have your career expertise. Right. Um, and instead you've got to get let other other experts come in and do what they're good at. Yeah, 110%. I agree. I agree. So where can people <laughs> find you online? Where can people find you? Website, Facebook group, Pinterest? Perfect. I don't know where you're at. Thank you. So two best places. One is um, themarketingmentors.com. The, T-H-E-marketingmentors.com is my website. Perfect. Or club not .com, .club, fastestpuptocash.club. It's going to take you to our Facebook group. And I'll probably encourage folks to just seek me there if they're interested. So I do a, a weekly half an hour training on different topics. So we oh, talked cool. about authority. I have an entire like 35-minute tutorial on how to boost your authority, um, nice. lead generation, revving up sales. And again, I kind of pra- tend to uh, practice what I preach. So I give a boatload of stuff. I don't hold back because I know that my best customers enjoy it. And then they come back and say, Hey, can we do things together anyway? So just a blatant self pitch, go to my Facebook group. (laughs) Perfect. Yes. I will be in there. You'll see me in there. It'll be super great. Thank you so much, Adam. I've really taken a lot of nuggets in and I'm just going to probably re-listen to this for like the next couple of days and, and soak it in. Um, And I know that other people are going to take, you know, so much from this. So thank you so much for for your time. Thank you for having me here. Thanks for listening to System Save Me. If you want to get the links to anything we talked about, go to systemsaveme.com. Have a wonderful week and I'll see you on the next episode.